Welcome to another episode of Album for the Day with John E. and Jay. Hey there, it's Album for the Day. I'm John E. This is Jay. And we were thinking about doing something a little different Mm -hmm. because we love America. Oh, that's right. And there's 50 states in this great land. And we're going to put our patriot pants on, and we're going to bring you a little bit from every state, because there's music in every state in this great land. And we're here for the whole ride. So we're going to go state by state, bringing you some of the best bands, some of the best albums that we've heard. Uh, We're going to bring it to you. So buckle up, Buttercup. Jose, can you see? (laughs) Here we go. Album for the Day brings you another state of the music today, Kabam. (laughs) And um, today we go to one of the more interesting groups of nicknames for a state. Let's see if you can figure it out if I leave the two most obvious out. Mm. The Turpentine State. Yeah, that one caught me by surprise. First in Flight. First and Freedom, those are separate, I'd I, like to add. I think First and Flight gives it away. Land of the Sky, the Rip Van Winkle State. That was confusing. Yeah, I'm still confused by that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the Old North State and the Tar Heel State. Yeah, that one's the the Michael Jordan giveaway right there. Oh, look at this guy. <laughs> Baby, uh, not baby blue, it's Tar Heel Blue. Yeah, that's the same thing, guys. It's the same thing. Tar Heel Blue is powder blue, baby blue, sky blue. You can say all of those things, and everyone knows exactly what color you're talking about. Let me say this. Periwinkle. Mmm. Wayne didn't do a song called Tar Heel Blue. No, they did not. No, they did not. So, um... You know, why don't we start with one of our personal favorites? Let's do it. From way back, as pretty much long as we've been doing this. Yeah. Thelonious Monk. <sighs> Absolutely one of my all-time favorite jazz musicians. Um, we did an episode about one of my all-time favorite albums. It's my all-time yeah. favorite episode of album for the day. Yeah, it's the greatest it's story. It's the greatest album that we covered yeah. in 300. Yeah, and, and 400 now. <laughs> <laughs> but Thelonious Monk is a guy who wrote down everything. He was a leader. He was a one of the greatest piano players of all time. Do you want to bring up what his middle name is? I'm, I'm going to let you go for it. Sphere. Thelonious Sphere Monk. That's amazing. Um, and so he has some albums like Monk's Music is one of my personal favorites. Um, the also uh, Monk, just uh, his name, last name with a period. Unbelievable record. Um, he has so many, and he ha- he has so many um, people that he played with that he was absolutely. He was just one of the best of all time in the right time period he for him. He performed with so many people, man. You can't I even would list literally them all. say that you can't it's reasonable to say that he influenced a generation of musicians. Oh, absolutely. 
Um, Absolutely. Even if not directly, yeah, like even one my, degree away. Well, Miles Davis was covering him. Sure. Like Miles Davis, the king of jazz, was literally like, oh, no, I need to, uh, this monk song, Round About Midnight, let's, let's go ahead and do that. And it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, boom. Yeah. It's just, it's Can insane. I just say one more thing about Sphere? Absolutely. So apparently his birth certificate misspelled it as Thelius. Oh, wow. Um, and <laughs> didn't have his middle name on it, which came from his what? mother's dad. Um, Sphere Bats. It's so challenging for me to accept that Sphere is a family name, but... Well, there it is. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sphere swoosh. <laughs> He's heating up. Yeah, right. And if you want to go in the same vein, you could also go with Coltrane, somebody that played with Thelonious Monk, also from North Carolina, which gives you a lot of, uh, like, Coltrane. What, what can you not say about Coltrane when you talk about the greatest musicians of all time. I mean, this is, those two are two of the most influential jazz musicians of all time. I believe Coltrane more so than Thelonious Monk. I enjoy Thelonious Monk more than Coltrane. Um, and that's a, people, you can bash me all you want. I'm not going to bash you about it, but you know what they say about opinions. Yeah, no, so, and that's the thing, um, is, 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 is the way that I listen to music. <clears throat> Thelonious Monk um, had a way of being more, he could say more with less music. Precisely. And, and he was able to go through and write a piece that was you could read in between the spaces of the music and well, Coltrane, thing, especially later left room for the interpretation. Yes. There. And he also left room for other players. True. Coltrane had a tendency to overplay Fill Coltrane spot. and he had a, especially later in his life. I mean, this is no disrespect. I want to get that plain on the table. This is no disrespect, but it's something that I don't understand when he's, you can tell the man was in pain because you can hear him blowing so hard and and it's something that I don't understand as an audience member maybe he wasn't trying to reach me maybe he was doing something that I just don't understand yet maybe he was doing something that well I'll never understand but his late career I I have a hard time just getting through it. So that's the thing. Like, you know, we, we've looked at a number of people. We've done albums from different phases. Of yeah. His career. early career is brilliant. Like go to like blue train and I, like the, uh, you know, goodness gracious. So quick flashback. Thelonious Monk is from Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. Yeah. And Coltrane is from Hamlet, North Carolina. Do you know where that is? I do not. So it's right on the border with South Carolina. Mm. Um, probably about two, three hundred miles inland. Huh. 
Well, yeah, that, 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 he he he's clearly one of the greatest of all time, and you know the 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 greatest jazz ensemble of all time was when they recorded Kind of Blue with Miles Davis and did that when Coltrane's on that. That's just it's it's he was in the greatest jazz band ever assembled. Period, and the the, the an absolute genius in his field. His writing was genius, and uh, you know he influenced people like I don't know. Maceo Parker, another Indeed. another saxophone player from North Carolina. You know he got it from somewhere. You and if it weren't for Coltrane, Maceo wouldn't have been able to put the <clears throat> put the amount of feeling he has in his playing. Every time I consider that concept with whoever fill in the blank, mm-hmm. I just think of that movie yesterday. Mm, yeah. Where if you take the Beatles away, what would it be? What else would have changed? Mm-hmm. And yeah, good point. And also, since we're in jazz, we'll go ahead and fill out the Max Roach card as well. The jazz drummer who played with literally everyone. Um, Max Roach was unbelievable in the jazz drum scene and every jazz drummer plays like max roach it's one of those things where it's just like yep that's that's the guy it's him and art blakey those were the two like those are the those are the measuring sticks that you go up to well i mean you're just gonna be generic with it you're not gonna differentiate his jazz like you usually do with with art blakey no, with Max Roach. Oh well, he had a he was he was kind of all over the place. He was he was he. It's like the Keith Moon and John Bonham comparison. Art Blakey was definitely the John Bonham, and he's definitely the Keith Moon. Like he was he was wilder. He was more um, abrasive, and that's what I loved about him. His albums, Max Roach with Clifford Brown. He did these live albums in the early 1950s, like probably 1952, 53, um, that were absolutely killer live albums. And you can tell how small this little club is. I can't believe they recorded in there. Like, it's a, to be a fly on the wall, oh my goodness. Um, but well, definitely go check those out. You brought him up, Maceo Parker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Funk Overload, definitely my favorite Kinston, album. Kinston, North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Born on Valentine's Day. Oh, I didn't know that. You know you're going to get something special from that guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, Maceo worked with James Brown in the 60s. Give me Maceo. Uh, Parliament Funkadelic in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Like, Prince in the 2000s. Yeah. If it was hip and happening, Maceo Parker was a part of it. Yeah. And now, at you know, years later, he's still out on tour. And he's still playing amazing songs. Well, and the reason that he is so ubiquitous mm-hmm. is because he can play the alto, the tenor, the baritone. The flute. Yeah, he can play... The piccolo. He's a woodwind master. master. Yeah, no doubt. No I'd doubt. give him the same credence as John Popper on the harmonica. Yeah. There's it, nothing he can't do. There's nothing he can't do. 
There's nothing he can't do except play the harmonica like John Popper. <laughs> right. Well, John Popper can't play the damn exactly. saxophone yeah. like Maceo Parker. Exactly. 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 <laughs> good trade-off. Y'all stay where you're at. Yeah. Just stay in your lane. Stay in your lane. We've seen Maceo Parker. I have multiple times. Maceo is, <clears throat> he's not just a huge musical talent, though. Like, he's an icon. Oh, yeah. Jane's Addiction on their mystery crazy hidden b-side fiesta called mm. kettle whistle i believe yes i did a song called my cat's name is maceo mm. which actually includes maceo parker oh that's awesome and um well how many times do you hear james brown count it off maceo you know like take me to the bridge maceo you know he's yelling him i mean for mate for james brown to yell out at to a band leader who is Maceo Parker? Who's uh, you know? It's it. It just says a lot. Says a lot. There's a guy. It's a shout out because he knows he doesn't need to yell yeah, to he, the band. No, but he knows it's time. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing about being a band leader mm-hmm. for somebody like that is you pick up on those subtle little mm-hmm. nonverbals like, hey, when I twitch my left elbow. We're this gonna, is we're gonna hit this bridge. We're gonna do the finish off. Mm-hmm. We got eight measures. Finish it up. Sweet Charles is gonna come out and put a cape on me. <laughs> I'm gonna pretend like I'm too tired, even though I'm the hardest working man in show business. Living in America. Oh goodness. Oh goodness. Hand to hand. Oh gosh. Hot to hot. Okay, we're good. Living in America. <laughs> Save it for the end, Johnny. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh gosh. Man. Well, but if we're staying in funk, how about George Clinton? We might as well. He did something more Maceo. Yeah, we're talking about Parliament. We're talking about, and this is the godfather of funk. The godfather of funk. Seen George Clinton too. Yeah, I mean, so I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna break it down. Even in the Trolls Two movie, they're gonna where every, um. Every different genre of music has a string on a guitar. They have a funk string. And the voice of King Troll for the funk is George Clinton. So that just tells you everything you need to know about what they... Because the metal string was Ozzy Osbourne. The funk string... I mean, it was just like, yeah, no, this that is perfect. Sense. This is Yeah, this is, this is exactly the way that it needs to be. It has to be this it way. It has to be this way. Because Speaking of is. it has to be this way, apparently, um, funk gets uh, really boiled down to a big three. Did you know who those big three are? Mm. Obviously, I mean, George Clinton. We'll give you that one. Who's the other two? In funk? Mm-hmm. Boy. I think you're just gonna have to take it, take the wheel on this one. Well, we I don't... just talked about James Brown. That's another one. Yeah. Sly Stone. Yeah. Okay. I would. I. I. I don't disagree with any of those. Mm-mm. I mean, Bootsy Collins. It's, I mean, he's a part of Parliament. We played with George Clinton, so it's like. I mean, I get. I get George all of that. George Clinton was inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before I even saw him live. Wow. Wow. Ninety-seven. With Man, it's 15 so weird. It's members so of Parliament it's so, Funkadelic. It's so weird to like think of James Brown because I think of James Brown as such like a like a pop R and B 
funk. Like he, it's like I wouldn't just be like, nah, that's funk. But his music is funkier than anything ever. So it's just like well, it's so it weird. Think about out of like maybe can we call it the main three prongs there? Yeah, that you just listed. Mm-hmm. You know what did he influence in each of them? And it, it's massive. Yeah, it's but you, yeah because of that he's an integral figure in more than one genre. Oh yeah. I mean, the man started singing gospel. Yeah. Right. You know, and then move. Yeah. And <laughs> then, then five and then moved on to the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Cause it's true. I know. That's why we, that's why I said it. If James hadn't gone crazy in Augusta and, you know, driven his pickup truck, and oh, we all know it's crazy old James. Yeah, well, you know, you got when do you it. think crazy old James in Augusta, Georgia, though, you don't think about James Brown in his pickup truck. It's like, wait a minute, that's James Brown. Who the hell's crazy old James? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nobody knows. Oh man. So but let's yeah, see. It was funny because 22 years after George was inducted with the members of Parliament Funkadelic, they got Lifetime Achievement Awards oh, from wow. the Grammys. Well, Funkadelic kind of split with him for a little while and they did their own thing for a little bit. Or Parliament did. I'm sorry, not Funk. Funkadelic is what started the whole thing with Maggot Brain and all that. Well, what it was was there was a whole record company thing. Yeah. Where you can't use the name anymore. Yeah. Cool. I'll do something under this name. Yeah. You can't get me. Yeah. And it was ridiculous. But George Clinton was a part of all of it. He's the man. Yeah. Uh, speaking of. The man. How about Nina Simone? Oh, I was going to go the woe man. So we're right on target there. Uh, Born in Tryon, North Carolina. I wonder how big the fitting rooms are there. Tryon? <laughs> every, every dad in the world just smiled with you. Every one of them. Except they're, you. They're like, they're no, like, you're smiling. You're yeah, presently smiling. I'm trying to figure out how to use that joke. <laughs> I'm I sneak that one in I'm later. Gonna, I'm literally going to drive my kids to try on <laughs> North Carolina. Just so, just so I can be topical like, and relevant. So what room do you think we should use in this department store, kids? <laughs> <laughs> the fitting room? I don't think so. We're going to use the try on room (laughs) gosh it's ridiculous so nina simone was the sixth of eight children that's a Um, lot of kids yeah that's a lot of kids yeah um she made a lot of headway when she did the song uh mississippi goddamn which ended up you know it she was singing her face off and singing her heart out because she believed that the artist really compels people to make changes in the world. And she knew as an artist, she had to compel people with her voice. And my goodness, what an amazing artist. Um, There's a documentary um, made by her, not made by her, made about her, um, called uh, Whatever Happened to Nina Simone, Whatever Happened to Nina. 
And um, it's amazing. And watching what she went through as a black female artist um, in the 1960s. In the South. In the South was absolutely, parts of it were wretched. And the soul and the bravery and the um yeah, just the the artist in her that played through that all of that was amazing and watching it all unfold through this documentary was woo, i highly recommend it now did you did you discuss what that song don't say it again is about um i did not but go for it so she had kind of refrained from addressing race mm-hmm. in her stuff up until that. Mm-hmm. And um, that was her response to the uh, June 12th, 1963 murder of Medgar Evers mm-hmm. and the September 15th, 1963 bombing of the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham. They killed four children. Children. And partially blinded a fifth. Yeah. And, and, and it came down to where an artist needed to speak up. She said the song was like throwing 10 bullets back at them. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. And watching the live versions, there's one that I recommend. She's at the, it's a jazz festival. It it was either Newport. It may have been Montreux. I think it was Montreux. uh, That is a live version that is absolutely just gut wrenching and it is watching the pain in her face singing this song is it's unbelievable it's unbelievable so she used to live in mount vernon new york you know who her neighbor was chris rock malcolm x oh well that says a lot that's yeah that that yep that yep that's a lot better you know, what's funny, though, is uh, later on, um, she did an interview with Jet Magazine and said that that song harmed her career. And It made her career. I mean, mm-hmm. like, it put her on a level to where everybody knew she was amazing, but that stood her out as an artist to me. Well, it did to you now, but the thing at the time is the music industry kind of blacklisted her. And um, that means that you're doing the right thing. Exactly. You know? But since you've got to make a living, that's why to this day she has such a huge international oh, yeah. demographic. Yeah, yeah. She because is, all around the world, people, there, in there fran- are in people fr- that have sold in, 10 yeah. million records in this country that people in X other country have yeah. no idea who they are. Yeah. Nina Simone, 10 million in France, 1 million in the United States. And this is where she's from. And her voice is like the Snoop Dogg of jazz. You know, she's got that smooth delivery and it's sultry and just, it, it's just, it, it, it sounds so nice. It makes you feel nice, but sometimes her messages are so pointed that it just, they're sharp. And it's just, woo, that girl. Mm. I love her. Another juicy drink of tea. Um, When she left the U.S., uh, 
she went to Barbados. Mm -hmm. And when she returned to the U.S., she learned that a warrant had been issued for her arrest for unpaid taxes because she was protesting the Vietnam War and didn't pay them. Mm. And she fled to Barbados again to evade the authorities and prosecution. She stayed there for a while, had an affair with the prime minister. There you go. Hmm. And then a close friend said, you should go to Liberia because they're on extradition and their name literally says free. Hmm, there you go. Hmm. Where are we moving to now? Oh gosh, the possibilities are endless. Aren't um, they? What about one of our favorites that we discussed but didn't discuss, the squirrel nut zippers? Hmm. Good uh, times. To, to make to make a such a weird transition into something absolutely ridiculous from a uh, one of the most brilliant jazz singers to a technical kind of jazz sounding band. Um, they had a song called Put a Lid on It that had a very unique sound. Uh, woman singer. Um, Catherine Whalen. And she was the original singer. They have a new singer now because she's no longer with the band. She's also uh, Jimbo Mathis's ex-wife. Yeah, well, Jimbo. Hey, Jimbo. Hey, Jimbo. Buddy. We cut your episode because you <laughs> changed your release date. For a record store day. Whoops. Yeah. It's all good, though. Squirrel Nut Zippers is a really great band. They do something really original. They have this, like, old ragtime, like, 20s and 30s kind of feel. Um, brass band uh, with, like kind of smoke I want to call them the smoky lyrics very voodoo very um I don't want to call it like almost like dark magic you want I, you think that you're in the back room I think of a you're turning this mm, I think you're turning this around a corner what I would call them is extremely antique lyrics yeah oh I, yes that's I, that I think we're in the same all the Negative tone you put on there with back crazy smackdown. Well, I mean, that's the way that I feel about it. I mean, it, that there's nothing wrong with Just it. Just because they had a hit with a song called Hell well, doesn't the, mean you have to prosecute. Well, them. I'm not prosecuting. What I'm saying is that even during their live show, they'd like even made a cartoon. Like their live show is amazing, by the way. They're really great live. But they did like songs where they like did their own cartoons to the music, and it is like heavy, dark stuff where it's like mice drinking poison and mm. like all this other stuff. Like, and it's just very, it's just that's just kind of the feel for me where it's like they're great. I highly recommend checking them out. They have a, they actually had a new album come out, um, and it's really good i've heard worse i've heard way worse albums get so way from more chapel plays. hill yeah and um they formed in 93 very pivotal time in north carolina music mm -hmm. um the members were jimbo mathis he was on vocals and guitar also he is from oxford mississippi hmm. hotty toddy 
Mm, there it is. Tom Maxwell also did vocals and guitars. He was from Fort Lauderdale, but when he was seven, he moved to Burnsville, North Carolina. And then you previously mentioned Catherine Whalen. She played the banjo and the ukulele mm-hmm. as well as vocal. And it's amazing. Um, interestingly enough, her subsequent projects were Catherine Whalen's Jazz Squad, Swedish Wood Patrol, and Certain Seas, S E A S. Fascinating. Yeah, right. Uh, also in the band, Chris Phillips played the drums. Don Raleigh played the bass. Ken Mosher didn't say what he played, and they later added Stacy Guest. Don't know what the hell I'm he played either. Trumpet and brass. The album Hot though, that was the one that Oof. really yeah smacked them and, into everybody's. And, yeah. Uh, the song Hell and then like Memphis Exorcism and uh, Put a Lid on It. I mean, they had so many great songs on that record. So many great songs. I recommend listening to that record. Like, go put it on right now. It still holds up. The reason I know that is because, oh, I listened to it just the other day. And they had a 20th anniversary release of the record and they actually printed it, they put it on LP. Uh, I went to go see them live, purchased the record, and the record sounds fantastic. Like, it's one of those, like, uh, yeah, it's amazing. So one thing that we've moved past the entire time we've talked about this band is where the hell Squirrel Nut Zippers actually comes from. Jay and I were talking about this. Earlier today. So apparently, Nut Zipper is slang for a particular moonshine Mm -hmm. out and around there. Um. And some guy got so drunk and... I would like to thank this guy, by the way. Climbed up a tree and refused to come down when the cops came. And so the headline in the newspaper was Squirrel Nut Zipper. And they saw this and went, oh my God. That's a band name. That's a band name. That's our band name. And and now, fast forward 35 years. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Love it. Um, let's see. Should we go to maybe? Well, Green. since since we're in like '93, how about corrosion of conformity to really spice things up? Since we are talking '93, and in Chapel Hill, I mean that's the same city, the same people. The, like the same time period, but such a different band. Indeed. Corrosion to Conformity had an album called... They're Del- from Raleigh. Really? Mm-hmm. I thought they were from Chapel Hill. It's no, not that far. That's what you get for thinking. Yeah. yeah. Um, but they had an album called Deliverance that was... I remember when it came out, I was thinking, oh my gosh, these guys are going to take over the world. I saw them. They opened up for Metallica, and this dude had the biggest dip in his mouth. So his bottom D I P. Yeah. So he had this bottom lip chaw, where it was like sticking over his teeth. It was so big. So he's yelling into the microphone. I'm sorry, singing into the microphone, and this spit and dip is just flying 
all over everybody. And I was like, oh my God, this is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. And clearly I was close enough to see the spit and dip coming out of his mouth. But I was also smart enough to just walk away. On the other end of that, I yeah. ended up in the fourth row of a concert when Vince Neil and his replacement band, Vince Neil Band, were opening up for Poison. Oh. And he spit from the stage and it hit the bill of my cap. Oh, that's and disgusting. And dripped off slowly. That's disgusting. I have hated that man and this since. Is, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. He earned that. But so, C- Corrosion of Conformity, also known COC. COC came out with an album called Bloodwise after that. And uh, not as good as Deliverance, but if you're looking for something heavy, dude, go check out COC, Corrosion of Conformity. Great band. Lyrically, not super strong, but their sound, ooh, uh, the uh, the one song that you're going to want to listen to is called Clean My Wounds, and it is, it packs a punch. Packs a 1990s punch. Hmm. Yeah. Magnify. Magnify. Well, let's switch it up to Ronnie Millsap <laughs> from it. Robbinsville, North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah. A country music singer and pianist. That's P-I-A-N-I-S-T, you nasty, nasty people. There was a T on the mostly talking to the, <laughs> to the guy, guy across in front of him. from me. But yeah. I, was, I was making sure you really used uh, all the enunciation that you had on that it's one. It's not pronounced pianist. Pianist. Yes. I know, I'm aware. I'm aware. I know you are. <laughs> You're a pianist aficionado. <laughs> yeah, I am. <laughs> Ronnie Millsaps like having the, his... Uh, like to stick f- pianists in my ears. <laughs> That's funny. Come on. You didn't even Speaking laugh. Speaking of Ronnie Millsap. Speaking of Jay Ronnie Millsap. wouldn't have missed that for the world. Yeah, exactly. Ronnie um, Millsap. Yeah. What a great dude. Legend. Man, Legend. He, he has six Grammys and 35 number one country hits. He's that's, third to George Strait and Conway Twitty. That's amazing. He got into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2014. Which I feel is way late for him. Well. He didn't. Ha- he wasn't the performer that came out and was like, he was the face of it. He was more the songwriter behind all the hits. But. He still should have been in way before then. And I'm not saying this is why. I'm going to sum this up real quick. But uh, he was pretty much blind from birth. Yeah. Um, And his mom abandoned him as an infant. And he grew up with his grandparents, super duper poor, Mm -hmm. in the Smoky Mountains. And then he went to Raleigh at five to the North Carolina State School for the Blind and Deaf. Hmm. And I think that's where things started to turn a corner. Um, people realized that he was an absolute was super talent. talented. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he got to listen to late night radio broadcasts of country, gospel, rhythm and blues. And, um, couple years after he was at the school, they were like, hey, you, 
out there in the cold. <laughs> mm, I'm not going to finish that. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. Um, but he, I mean, he got a full college scholarship and was going to be a lawyer. And uh, he joined a band called The Dimensions mm-hmm. in Atlanta. And um, he just kind of decided uh, that music is the path. And obviously it worked out. I mean, goodness, 40 number ones. That's amazing. He auditioned as a keyboardist for J.J. Kale. J.J. <sighs> Kale. What a great. If you don't know who J.J. Kale, he's a dude that wrote uh, like After Midnight and Eric Clapton made that song super if famous. If you want to hang yeah. out, you got to take her out. Cocaine. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. Yeah. So, Ben Poltz. With or without the five? Mm, I'm going without. Ben folds by himself. One of the most talented, amazing musicians of this generation. A songwriter of all songwriters. Uh, He is a caliber of musician, a true musician, that can be put in any scenario, make creative content that is appeasing to any sort of musician alive like rap fans pop fans funk fans he can make it all at the drop of a hat so i went to the ryman auditorium with my mom Mm -hmm. and saw ben folds with y music Mm -hmm. which was like a i think seven or eight person ensemble Mm -hmm. he was literally writing a song on stage on the fly yeah it's 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 incredible the cellos play a he released an album because he got stuck because of the pandemic down in australia for a while he released an album live with the perth symphony orchestra i mean uh, getting stuck with an orchestra as ben folds i mean that could have its advantages just gonna throw that softball out right i mean he's done a variety of stuff man he did the he did the music for the animated film uh under the hedge yeah over the hedge over the hedge over the hedge mm-hmm. um done a number of things i think probably solo wise um his cover of uh dr dre yeah yeah that's amazing that's amazing. Um, I actually got to go see, um, not too long after that was kind of released, uh, he was playing at the Langarado Festival and Ooh, in Colorado, That's in awesome. uh, Florida, actually, in Big Cypress Indian Reservation. Ooh, yeah, that's nice. And long story short, uh, ended up with artist access wristbands and... I was up there, and the only other people that were up there besides me and my guy were photographers, mm. of which he is one. And he literally called me out from the stage, was like, you're not supposed to be down there, are you? Nope. <laughs> no, I'm not. Sorry about that, Mr. Folds. Thanks for calling me out in front of 20 million people. That's eh, all good. Yeah. He had this little bitty, like... Um, keyboard thing and he was making the uh, gangster whistle sound. Mm, 
The woot woot. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's fantastic. Um, well, gosh, Jay, um, you know, there's not one foot. There's two. There's two. So if it's going to be the Tar Heel State, maybe we should do two. The Tar Heels State. So how about we wrap this up and do episode two coming to you next week. North Carolina. Crack-a-lucky. After starting the podcast, you can search for the album, use the three dots, and hit add to cue. Now the album will start as soon as the episode ends. Woo! Ooh!